Nice. Thanks, worship team, for uh, leading us this morning in worship. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you together apart mm. for week eight, yeah, I think. Yeah, week, week eight. eight. Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, if you're new to Hope and uh, this online experience has been your introduction, welcome uh, to Hope Church. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Jeff Bills. Uh, my formal title here is The Big Kahuna. And... Uh, <laughs> But most people just call me his eminence. So it's good to be with you this morning, and uh, we're glad to be with you. And I am Rick. I am uh, the strong hand of God. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> I had to come up with a title. I don't yeah, have one. Well. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church as well, and uh, excited to be here. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned eight weeks. Uh, I was looking yesterday at our uh, uh, analytics for our live platform, and at live.meethope.org, uh, over these last eight weeks, we have touched someone uh, or have uh, connected with someone in 25 states wow. uh, of the 50. Wow. So we're halfway there. That's... Uh, to have, uh, so Hope's had an influence in someone's life in 25 states, which I think is pretty That's exciting. really neat. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neat thing, and we're in this uh, series on courage, and uh, I just think that's a great thing that we're having that kind of impact. So, Yeah, if you're here from another state, welcome. Yeah. Uh, good to have you with us. We are in a three-week series uh, that we're calling Strong Like Her. We're looking at uh, acts of courage um, by three different women in the Bible. Yep. We could have picked uh, dozens, but uh, we focus on these three uh, unique stories. And so this week, we're looking at the story uh, from the book of Esther. Now, if you're somebody who likes stories that are filled with suspense and intrigue and a little deception, mm. this is the book for you. It's a great read. If you've never read it, it's only about 10 chapters. And uh, so put it on your must read this week uh, list. If you have read the book and it's been a while, man, go back and reread this story of Esther. There's a lot we could unpack, um, but we've only got uh, 20 minutes. So we're gonna have to just narrow it down uh, really tightly. So just a little background uh, to lead into the story. Um, this takes place in the uh, empire of uh, Persia. It's the Persian empire. King uh, Xerxes is the, the king. He is absolute rule. His word is law. Um, and like any despot uh, with absolute power, he wields it um, sometimes viciously. He's surrounded by his inner circle. Um, including a guy named Haman, who is a nasty guy, yeah. mm -hmm. which is why nobody names their kid Haman, I think. Uh, so or Xerxes. He's in, or Xerxes. Yeah, you don't know any Xerxes, right? You do know Esther's. Um, so uh, Haman has worked out this plan because he hates the uh, Jewish people that are within their empire, within their kingdom. And he has this whole plan. He dupes the king into um, convincing him to annihilate the Jewish people uh, within Persia. And uh, so what the king and Haman don't know is that the queen, Esther, is Jewish. And her uncle Mordecai learns of the plot of Haman 
and gets word to Esther. And that's kind of where we pick up. It's the fourth chapter of uh, Esther. Yeah, and jumping right into the middle of the story, uh, it's up on the screen. It says this, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. And as Jeff mentioned, Mordecai had sent word to Esther about this plan that he's discovered. And he says, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. She says, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And my maids and I will do the same. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. And so it's interesting that Esther's first response in this current world circumstance, she finds out about this potential annihilation of her people, and her first response is to lean hard on God's strength. Uh, uh, that she knew that they needed to, she needed to be, the, the Jewish people needed to be connected and in step with God. And so before Esther even considered moving forward with this challenge uh, that was given by her uncle, she wants to fast and pray, and she wants to make sure that uh, uh, she's connected with God, that she's leaning hard on God's strength before she approaches the king. Uh, you know, interesting, courage is often seen as action. Yeah. It's often seen as movement. It, it, it's rarely seen as waiting. Uh, I love that this idea of leaning hard on God's strength, that Esther knew that the best strength is demonstrated by faith, knowing that God... Uh, that it's, the, it's God who does the acting. I mean, we sang the song just a few minutes ago of, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you never stop working. And Esther knew that. Esther knows that God is always working. And our first reaction, or at least I know for me, my first reaction is always to react. Uh, I just, I just want to move. I just, I, I just, I just want to make a decision. I want to do something. But Esther understood that the, the best action is to act in faith, uh, to, that you trust in God because she believed that God was always working. Uh, this week I, I saw on Twitter, uh, Stephen Furtick uh, had this to say. It's up on the screen. God's hand is often invisible but it is never inactive. And that just spoke to me, especially as That's we great. know we are preparing this, this message on this idea of, uh, of, of waiting on God, that, that God sometimes works supernaturally. And, and we, we, we know that that's true. You know, that, those are miracles. And God other times, though, works naturally. Uh, but God is always, always working, and God is always in control. And so waiting on God becomes this most important step Encourage. It's the most courageous thing that I think we can do. The challenge uh, for me, to be honest, is that that's not easy. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I just, I want to react. I want to move. I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't want to wait. I don't want to pray. I want to move. And this idea of waiting and praying and being in step with God is so challenging. Um, it, it's, it's, it's become a uh, an act of discipline for me to do this. Uh, uh, Jeff, I know for you, you've taught me a lot in, in this. Uh, it's hard for me to, to, to wait. It's hard for me to pray. So I've had to put kind of a frame around how I do that. Uh, for me, it's, it's four C's. I don't typically do things that all start with the same letter. But <laughs> for me, it's the way I remember this. And I, and I literally pray this way often uh, with a big decision, with a big move, with, with, a, with a, a next step in what I think God's calling uh, me to do. And the first is 
there's concern. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm looking for God's invisible hand. Where's God working? Because I want to do the things that God cares about. And so if God's concerned about it, then it's okay for me to be concerned about it as well. Uh, the second one for me is clarity. And this is probably the one that I pray the hardest is, God, help me to see clearly the next step. Uh, I remember ever since, uh, once I started wearing bifocals, which now it's been about 15 years, that I realized how much I wasn't seeing clearly. That I could see, and I thought that was the best it could be. And then I put glasses on. I was like, wow, the world is the way it used to be for me. Like, it's brought out this whole new level of, of vision. So I pray, God, help me to see more and help me to see further than I'm seeing right now. So concern and clarity. And then community is the next C for me, is that, is that who has the same passion as me? Uh, who can I talk through ideas with? Uh, who, can, who can join me? Or, or maybe I can join them. And so it's concern and clarity and community. And then the last one is this idea of courage, is how can I take the next step? Because the next step is always scary. So how can I take the next step? And then once I've taken that step, I feel like then it's, I'm moving forward in what I believe God wants me to do. So for me, that's how I uh, wait. That's how I pray in these kinds of moments where, you know, similar to not to anything like Esther, but similar to what Esther's experiencing here. It's good. I, I'm going to remember those four C's. You know, I, just listening to you uh, talk about that, Rick, it occurs to me that oftentimes we think of prayer as our last resort. Mm -hmm. And Esther didn't view it that way, and neither should we. Prayer should never be our last resort. It should be our first step. Anytime we're confronted by something really challenging, really big, um, really anytime we start a day, it should be yes. our first step. But, um, but in those times where we're confronted by something really big, it should be our very first step. That's certainly been the story of Hope Church over uh, almost 30 years. Uh, right from the very beginning, when God laid it on my heart to, uh, to start a church here in Voorhees, um, before we did anything else, we called together a team of 25 or 30 people, and we asked them if they would join us for one month every day praying, God, is this your desire? Is this your will? Guide us in this. And uh, so for those 30 days, we invested in prayer. We did what we have come to call saturated in prayer. When we bought property, when we bought the property that the church is located on, it was a big thing for us. And uh, we spent almost two years just saturating this with prayer uh, before we actually made uh, the purchase. And God opened doors there. All the way through, at every big moment, when we bought the meeting place, we spent time in prayer. When we launched Mount Laurel, we spent a season in prayer and in fasting for some. Um, right now, we're in a time of unbelievable um, upset and change. The whole world is affected by this pandemic. If there was ever a time where prayer ought to be our first thought, it is now. And so we've invested or uh, invited uh, you all to be a part of our prayer team right now. I checked uh, with Heather yesterday. We have 157 people on our prayer team, which is great. Yep. Every morning, uh, Heather at about 5.30 sends out a, uh, an email with prayer on it. Um, and at 5.30 in the morning, I'm out jogging, so I don't usually see it until <laughs> Me later. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> We're not telling the truth there. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, but I get those. I've actually started looking forward every morning. Um, it's just a, it, it's a little greeting from Heather. It's a scripture. Um, it's a prayer that she's written out and then a, a short list of uh, things to be praying for mm-hmm. on yep. that day. And, uh, man, it's, it's so good. It's a great way to start. And, you know, we pray not, not to change God. Mm. We pray that God would be changing us. So when I'm praying, I'm asking God, conform me to your image. Let the things that concern you concern me. Let the things that break your heart break my heart. Let the things that bring you joy bring me joy. And, uh, and God, I'm going to trust you with whatever it is uh, that you have in this situation, uh, whether it's a person, an individual, or a uh, situation. So prayer is that, it's that first step. Yes. And then the second thing, so it didn't stop there. The second thing that uh, Esther did was that she acted wisely designing a plan. She acted wisely designing a plan. So prayer is not a plan. Mm. Prayer is a first step, but it's not a plan. We need, um, we need to follow up our prayers with, with planning. And so Esther um, had the, all of these people praying for her. She was praying. Her, uh, her advisors were praying. And she was also planning. She was creating a strategy and approach to go to Xerxes. This is a guy with a huge ego. This is a, a guy not familiar with being confronted um, or asked to change his mind. To change his mind would have to, in some way, admit a weakness mm-hmm. or, you know, in the mind of, of a ruler like this. And uh, so it was, it was a very risky thing that she was about to right. do, and she created a plan, a strategy for how she was going to uh, go to Xerxes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. She, uh, she understood that uh, uh, she, she laid out this best strategy for asking the king. She didn't blindly rush into the throne room, right? Instead, she prepared this rich banquet, and, and she was trusting that God would hear her prayers and, uh, and would grant her uh, an audience with the king. And see, did you want to mention a uh, St. Augustine quote? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Why don't you mention that? All right. <laughs> I was going to do that later, but okay oh, for okay. now. I thought... <laughs> Well, here it's we go. It's good. All right. So St. <laughs> Augustine had a, had a great thing with this uh, idea of uh, it's not an either-or prayer or, or uh, planning. It's both. And so the way Augustine put it was, pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff, right? Pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, that has been a part of the story of hope. Um, again, you know, just in my own experience with, with um, big initiatives. Um, and so one of the ways that I, I approach any big thing is um, it starts with a vision. So what is it that we're looking to accomplish? Esther had a clear vision of what she wanted. She wanted to rescue her people. That was her vision. And, uh, but a vision is only a pipe dream without a plan. And so you have to develop a plan. How am I going to translate this vision into action? And that's the plan. And then the next step is to take the plan and, uh, and use the discipline of gathering the resources, preparing the resources for the next steps of the plan. So you have to pay attention to how it fits into a calendar and the resources that you need and so forth. And after that, after that discipline, you need accountability. 
So without accountability, you know, stuff quickly falls uh, apart and nobody's responsible and so forth. And so we need clear sense of the accountabilities. And then all of that is multiplied by the motivation. Mm -hmm. If we are motivated and if our motivations are pure and strong, it will affect that whole formula. So she had clear motivation. She was trying to save her people inspired by God. Yeah, and so she she leaned heavily on God, leaned leaned, leaned into into who God was, and then she 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 put together this plan, and she stayed true to who she was. Uh, she she knew which voices to ignore, yeah. uh, which I'm sure there were plenty, and she knew which voices to obey. And then there's this most famous line in Esther. Uh, it's uh, again on the screen. Uh, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Who knows if perhaps. You were made queen for such a time as this. And then Esther responded to her uncle and said, I will go in to see the king, and if I must die, I must die. That's killer. You know, that's, <laughs> she, is, she has this awareness of what's at stake. Um, it is probably the most courageous statement um, I've ever encountered, you know. If I die, I die, hmm. you know? So she is, she is fully aware of the risk. She's fully aware of, of what's at stake here. And she is all in on this deal. Yeah, and if she had listened to those voices of doubt, if she listened to those voices of fear, she never would have dared to go into the king's uh, throne room. But she listened to that one small voice. Yeah, right? that, she's living that, her life before an audience of one. Yeah, hey, good for you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when her very life was on the line, she chose to trust God and, and, uh, and God's wisdom. And she, she believed, she saw, and she acted on this opportunity. And it literally changed the world. Uh, in her in that in that decision so for such a time as this what a great line right this idea of of uh, that you are in this moment for a reason yeah. I think this is a great opportunity uh, for us to, today to look at where the church is in this opportunity and and this could be our battle cry this is for such a time as this because as Jeff mentioned uh, the world is changing the world has changed yeah. and um, we don't know we don't know what we don't know uh, it'll be a long time until we can uh, feel uh, normal, right? Uh, oh and even when it feels normal, it won't be the same, right? And I know we've heard this new normal over and over and over again, but the reality is things will be different. And so we need to, as the church, be praying and planning for new opportunities. Right. Pla praying and planning for new opportunities. Uh, I I'm reminded of something Jesus said. Uh, actually, it was a prayer. In John 17, Jesus prayed, just as you sent me into the world, he's talking to God and said, just as you sent me into the world, he says, I am sending them, and he was praying for us into the world. That we're followers of Jesus, uh, and throughout history, uh, and we've mentioned this in other messages over this uh, last few weeks, that, G, uh, that, that G, the people of God lead the way in pandemics. We lead the way in serving. Uh, we are the, uh, the church is the innovators. We're the, the world changers. And, and, and just like Stephen Furtick said, that God's hand is often invisible, but it is never active. We believe that the church, God's, uh, it, it, are God's hand and feet. And we have this opportunity to be prepared and to be in possession, position for what comes next. And so I would think one of our challenges this week for me, uh, I would hope for you as well, is that let's continue to pray and prepare for what 
uh, the church uh, is to be doing next? Yeah. What can we be doing as the, the body of Christ in this world that we live in? It's exciting, really. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, uh, Rick and I have been talking, members of the staff and lead team and so forth, um, we're always interested in the next step. Yeah. That's been the story, again, of, of this church. We've never arrived. It's not that, you know, once we got in a building, we arrived, or once we um, started this ministry or that ministry, we've arrived. We always ask the question, God, what's next? What do you have next for us? Mm -hmm. The Spirit is always leading us forward. And uh, so what's next? I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm not fearful of the future. I'm excited about the future for the church, but also for you. Mm. There's a what's next for each of us, Absolutely. for you, for your life, for your family, for me, for my life, for my family. There is a what's next. Mm. And so I'm praying into that and, um, and I'm thinking about and, and beginning to uh, ask God for a vision for so I can begin planning and uh, the discipline around that and uh, building accountability in my life. What is it for you? Mm. What's that? next thing that God has for you. I know these can be scary times, and for you, this may be particularly a scary time. Um, if you've lost your job or your business is struggling, um, if uh, you know people who are ill, wh whatever mm -hmm. circumstance you may be involved in, make your first step prayer that you go to God. Don't wait till you know, you're at the end of your rope. Invite others to pray. Let us pray for you. Mm -hmm. And then begin to make a plan. How is God going to use such a time as this in your life? Because God's hand is at work. Amen. Hey, it's been great uh, spending time with you guys. I want to close this out with a, with a moment of prayer. So where you are, right where you are, if you're with some people around you, I'd invite you to, to hold hands together as a point of contact with each other. And uh, if you're by yourself, just hold your own hands or wrap your arms around yourself. Let's pray. So God, thank you. Thank you for courageous people like Esther, who when confronted by a major challenge, looked to you for strength, leaned into you for her strength, for wisdom, for guidance, for direction. Thank you for her courage that she recognized that the time that she was in, the circumstances she found herself in, that you put her there for just that time. She didn't miss the opportunity. We don't want to miss this opportunity either, God. Thank you for the courageous statement that if I die, in this endeavor, then I die. Knowing that we are a people of hope, that the end of this life marks the beginning of our eternal life with you. So we have no reason to fear. God, I pray for each household represented here, for each man and each woman, for each boy and girl, and ask your hand of protection and guidance and strength for this week. And we'll be sure to give you the thanks and the praise, always and in always. Amen. Amen. Hey, remember, friends, that we don't know what the future holds. We never have. We never will. But we know who holds our future. And you can trust in his mighty hand. Have a great week. Have a great week.